Welcome to Beyond Overeating by Wholesome Lifestyle Project, the overeating podcast, where I'll be showing up weekly to share with you what I've learned during my binge eating recovery, helpful tools such as yoga, mindfulness, and energy medicine. My name is Stell, and my purpose is to inform and ed- educate so that you can fast track your recovery in healing your relationship with food and finally trust yourself around the peanut butter jar. Join me as I share top tips, my struggles and triumphs to help inspire or just entertain. Remember, there's nothing wrong with you if you can't stop overeating. That's why I'm here to guide you along the way. Welcome back to another episode of the Beyond Overeating podcast, here where we talk about healing your relationship with food and body and all things health. And today I have a very special guest, a best-selling author who helps driven individuals maximize their impact, Ian Hawkins. Welcome, Ian. Thank you, Still. Great to be here. You're so welcome. Ian will be talking about clearing emotional blocks that hold you back uh, from maximum impact. And as you guys know, I talk a lot about emotional wounds and these emotional wounds become our emotional blocks that can stand in our way from healing. So I'm excited to delve into this topic. Um, I just nerd out about, you know, the um, emotional intelligence and emotional healing. So I'm so glad that Ian is here to share some information with us. <laughs> I nerd out on that stuff too. Love it. <laughs> I think that's why we get on so well. (laughs) So let me tell you just a little bit about Ian before we hop into the juicy stuff. So Ian is, as I mentioned, a best-selling author who helps purpose-driven individuals maximize their impact. He has contributed chapters to the Coach Wisdom and 20 Beautiful Men books and writes and produces regular powerful articles, video blogs, and interviews for his loyal followers. For over 10 years, Ian has helped impact-driven even individuals to be the best version of themselves and build meaningful connections with the most important relationships in their life. Through his unique personal coaching, he specializes in helping clients that are feeling stuck, exhausted, and lacking clarity and direction. As a result of experiencing personal blocks, personal loss in their life. For example, a relationship breakdown, losing a job, collapse of a business, or death in a family member. Or close friend. Wow, that's just um, such meaningful work. And I just love that um, you are able to help people just heal through that loss, Ian. So I'm super excited to have you here today. Um, so let's let's start delving into this. But before we do, I just wanted to let, let us get to know you a little bit better. So did you want to tell us a little bit more about you and how you got here? Yeah, absolutely. So the journey towards like doing the work that I do now, the sort of details of it, I've filled in more and more, the more healing that I do. So the more of the emotional blocks that I've managed to clear from myself, the more I realize some pivotal moments that I'd perhaps 
blocked memories of uh, had really helped me to, to get to this point. So one of those, for example, is I can clearly remember now after doing some healing, when my younger brother came home from hospital, a feeling of disconnect instantly with my mum. And that feeling of disconnection really, it impacted me in such a way that in, in from a negative perspective, so the impact that had for how I treated people, particularly in my own family, but from a positive aspect, I always then saw when other people were feeling that disconnect and I didn't want anyone else to go through that same feeling. Now, this is something that I'm clear on now, but if I, if I go back to where like consciously I'd realized that it begun as a shy kid, I was living a life of contradiction because I was so shy, like painfully shy, but I was an extrovert and I was highly sensitive and sensory. So I had a really deep need for connecting with people. I just didn't have the ability to do it. And I didn't have the, the courage or bravery or, or confidence or whatever it was at that age to do it. So, and that continued like right through many years of, of feeling that lack of confidence in different areas. And a lot of that to do with just the impact of those emotional wounds for me. The big turning point was um, in 2005, my dad passed away. And just one of those massive moments for everyone, for me, it just had me questioning everything. And it's suddenly a realization that life's not forever. And what have I done with my life? And I started asking those questions like, am I really happy with the journey so far? And I can vividly remember sitting at my dad's funeral, listening to people talk about the wonderful things that he'd done and, and contributed in so many ways in the community. He was a teacher, so he, he was active in the school community, in the church community and in and the local community. And I just remember feeling so inadequate and so I just hadn't, I hadn't done anything. And what would people say about me? So that really started getting me asking questions. I didn't have many tools or skills. So then it took a few more years for me to get going. And the next real big catalyst for change moment was when the um, global financial crisis hits and I'm hearing about people not being able to retire because there's superannuation their Their retirement fund is, has crashed with the markets. And to me, that just didn't make any sense. So I started looking at, well, how can I change this? And how can I actually take responsibility for my financial future? And so while I went down this building wealth path, what it actually took me into was a personal development path. And the first person I learned from, he was talking about real estate for wealth creation, but most of what he talked about was mindset. And while this was so out of my comfort zone and so uncomfortable, there was a something there that was just really pushing me to, to listen to more and to, to absorb as much of it as I could. And to the point where once you start learning these sorts of things, you suddenly realize there's this whole other world of information that you'd never been exposed to. And then you start going, why haven't people taught us this? Like why, <laughs> why don't more of us know about this? I so agree. I think mindset should be something that's taught at school, you know, like mindset, mindfulness, um, meditation, those kind of things should be like, a, like an absolute subject where we actually deal with the coping mechanisms of, of life, not just from how to make money or how to survive in the world. Um, we need to be able to cope with our emotions and cope with this 
big machine we've got, which is our brain. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because it's complex and like scientists don't understand it. So how can we possibly understand it? We haven't had any education. Yeah, absolutely. And we can get so lost in there. And that's unfortunately what, you know, can keep us, so many of us stuck in so many different patterns of behavior. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so that path into personal development took me into a place of learning more about personal development and then realizing that actually I've got a bit of a knack for this. And I'd always been a coach, so I might be getting into your next question now, but I, but I just started realizing that I can help people. And I took all these things that I'd learned into my corporate career and, and started getting some good results and then started really progressing my corporate career. But then also having some of my staff referring people from other departments to come and chat to me because mm. they knew what it, it would help. And suddenly I'm sort of stepping into this space, which I'm like, oh, okay, there's something to this. So... So then it sort of started the journey towards actually helping other people to discover all these amazing things that I discovered. Yeah. Yeah. That's lovely. And how did that evolve into becoming an author and a speaker? So because I'd been a coach from like in sport from quite a young age, so I started coaching um, younger kids when I was early teens, I must've been 13 or 14. And so I was naturally a coach and naturally wanting to tell people what to do and how to do it, right? So that may be something to do with some um, patterns of uh, control and so on. But, but, I, but I also did have an ability to see, not necessarily to, to self-coach, but I could see what people were doing and how they could make it better. That was just something that, that I naturally was able to do. So then as I started becoming a coach in my corporate area and then stepping into more well, what else can I learn about coaching and so doing all these different courses the opportunities just present you connect with people a bit like we did still like we, we met at a networking event and we were drawn to each other for whatever reason we start talking and, and we're drawn to each other because we have a very similar philosophy on on life and, and how to improve so you build these connections and then people say oh would you like to come and speak at my event would you Here's this opportunity in a book. Well, one of one of the um, book opportunities was a the the person who was the publisher just happened. We connected on Facebook at some point. Neither of us can remember when, but she just happened to be tuning in on a day when she was feeling really flat and saw one of my live videos. She watched it. It was the message that she needed to hear. They were looking for a couple more authors for this book. She messaged me straight away, and. I'm in this book and it was one of those ones where, oh, this is meant to be. And I, I wrote the chapter in like two hours. It just flowed oh, out. Yeah. So all these sort of <laughs> moments of synchronicity just, just fell into place. And I think when you go on that journey and you, and you continue to work on yourself, then that's what happens. Like things just appear in your path almost by magic. Yeah, that's beautiful. I just love that. How, especially when things just like kind of happen out of nowhere. It's, yeah. yeah, it's just, then you know it's meant to be. And then if you can automatically write a whole like chapter in like a couple of hours, then you know, it's just, you're yeah. on the right path. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So do you want to just tell us a little bit about how you take your clients through a transformational journey? So where they are, maybe when they, um, how they feel, maybe when they um, come to you and then how they um, leave at the end of your coaching journey with them. Yeah. So the very first thing that that I do, and this is something that it's not a conscious thing 
and I'm not letting them know this is what I'm doing, but I have the ability to build trust really quickly. And a lot of the people that come to me have are at that place where they've had their trust broken because loss creates a, a lack of trust. Not all loss is from a death or from from like something like where you're thinking, like I mentioned, you mentioned before in the bio about losing a job or something. Sometimes loss might be a loss of innocence or a loss of self-worth or value or the ability to do something. And so it's just being able to hold space for them. And so I do the work emotionally for them while they just are able just to talk about things often that they've never talked about. And I'm sure still you've had this before when you've got a new client, when they say, oh, I've actually never said that to anyone. Yeah. And, and it's to be able to provide that space where those thoughts and stories that repeat in their head that just cause them so much distress, an opportunity to verbalize that there's so much healing just in that process alone. Yes. So that's the very first step. Then, then it's like, what is it that you're wanting to have in your life? So actually helping them create a vision. And I'm sure many of the listeners have heard about goal setting and there's all the different ways. That's very much comes from ego and logic. And that's an important part of it. But I help people to tune in to actually to their intuition, to their heart, mm. to their gut and to their soul so that their vision is actually coming from that place. And yes, there'll be some of the logic things because why not? We want to have some material things because they feel good, because they feel good for if, in having those things. But when we, when we tune in, then we actually realise that there are other things in our life that are more important, like fulfilment, like mm. connection, like to be able to feel really whole within ourselves. So we make sure they are actually not just part of the vision, but they are actually the central point, the most important points are actually your, your own growth and, and those immediate connections. Because often when we go through these processes, we start with work or job or our kids, we put all these things first, but we really need to start with self. And again, for the work that you do, that's probably one of the things that you talk to, to your clients about if you're needed, needing to deal with overeating challenges, then it really is self-nurture, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it's so funny because the episode I released yesterday, uh, which I think was episode 13, um, I was talking about setting instead of these, you know, um, steady, hard, fast goals, setting uh, what we call in yoga, uh, in the yoga Sanskrit, um, sankalpa, which is the heartfelt intention, like Beautiful. rather in setting the intention of how you want to feel instead of the material ticking boxes and yeah i just love yeah. that <laughs> yeah so so the vision is like the first step then we then we do work on finding each individual's flow so what is your natural way of being we've been programmed to believe that anything good in our life has to come from hard work and it's actually quite the opposite we were talking about there just before we jumped on air right when <laughs> yes. when things just start to flow with ease you know you're in alignment and you're mm. you're actually doing the work that you're meant to be doing and, and, that, and that work can happen no matter if, even if you're in a job, you can still find that natural place of flow. But that, that place also for the individual helps with your own relationship with yourself, with your relationship with the most important people in your world. And so then after that, then we start looking at, well, have we got your values in place? Are you living them? Are those boundaries in place? And so we can't control what other people are doing but we can certainly control how we show up for different situations. And so when we, sh when we refuse to tolerate things that we've toler tolerated previously, 
and other people have to change their behavior patterns. So it's helping people really step into their power from a place of love, not from a place that they're going to burn people by doing that, but actually I, I call it like a boundary of white light where those that are meant to will be drawn to the, to the light and those that aren't, the light will be too bright and they'll gradually drift away. So it's really getting those boundaries in place and then through all of those things at this foundational level, because this, these are the starting points, it's making sure we start the healing work and we start working on clearing those, the biggest blocks. I look at it like this. We're all walking around with these chains attached to these big boulders. And we don't even realize that we're carrying most of the other ones because there's this big one that's really sitting there and it really dominates our thoughts, our feelings, sometimes not consciously. Sometimes we just know there's something there that's not quite right. And we start with the biggest one. And then after the biggest one um, starts to fade into the distance, we don't change, but the memory doesn't go, but there's no emotional attached to it, attachment to it. So we're able to move forward. And then suddenly you start moving forward and realize, well, what's this other thing I've got hanging off my neck? <laughs> and then, so then we start peeling back the layers and the, and the ability for people then to, to, to expand their, their vision and their awareness of what they want and what's possible just opens up to all new levels. Wow, that just sounds like such a beautiful way of taking people from, you know, being in one space when they start with you and then peeling down all those layers of the onion and really um, working in and like mostly a holistic kind of way yeah. um, in getting to where people can transform and, you know, just live a much more freer and beautiful life and achieving um things more in flow than trying to force and fight life all the time yeah absolutely <laughs> so ian i talk about emotional wounds often with my clients because that is one of the pillars that i touch on uh, you know so solidly with um eating disorders and um healing that part of us but in your experience what are emotional blocks and why do we need to clear them so we don't have to clear them, but if you want to be able to move forward with your life in a, in a much more peaceful way, in a way that you feel much better within yourself, then and it's really crucial work. So what are they? So like I um, mentioned when we were talking in the, in the teaser that people may have seen, <laughs> it's, it's about things that have happened perhaps we don't have a memory of. I'll start by explaining one that people may resonate with because this is something that um, my daughter did have a memory of and so when she was five in kindergarten her first year of school she won an award and so the whole school's in the this massive hall for the speech night and all the parents and she gets this award and she skips across the stage now the whole crowd just laughed because it's the most adorable thing that anyone's ever seen <laughs> but for a five-year-old girl everyone's laughing she associates with that people laughing at her Aww. not not with her as the situation mm. is what it is because that's what our brain does right we, we just make meaning from something and because yeah. previous patterns of well that's probably the most logical thing probably from some ordinary parenting but I, we wouldn't know anything about that but you know what I mean like <laughs> I had my own patterns that I was playing out <laughs> repeating so there would have been certain things within her that that would have already existed and then when you have that sort of event so that stopped her from really stepping into any sort of spotlight for a long time and then she was able to articulate that at some point in the future when when maybe we were trying to help her to find like more of that space where she was comfortable in front of a crowd because it is sort of a natural thing for her that 
she actually remembered this um, event and the impact that it had. I was like, wow, that's, that's really amazing that she's even conscious of it. If I take it back even further than that, sometimes when we're in the womb, there are certain events that we're, if our mother or our father or some other stressful situations going on, we, we absorb that. Mm. And so how that played out for me is I used to have this uh, reoccurring nightmare and, I, and it did, I couldn't work out what it was. It was all through my teens and it'd show up occasionally through adult years until I realized it's the sound of being in the womb. It was like, I'd always tell people, I can't see anything. There's no visuals in this dream. It's just this like sort of really dark, but slightly little bit of light and gray, but mostly dark and this thumping noise, which would speed up and I'd get really scared when they sped up. So that's like my mum's under stress. Yeah. Having this experience, like that's in incredible, right? So, so that's a really basic way of talking about how these things can get passed on. I was reading something last year and it was saying that the unborn uh, female um, fetus is already carrying the egg for their future children. Like that just blows your mind. So if you think about how things are passed on mm. so that same stress is being absorbed by the cells within this un, like unborn baby with the next generation. So two generations. So again, there's another layer to it. Now, if you do any emotional healing, you may have gone to see someone like a kinesiologist or Reiki or something like that. And they might say, this is actually a pattern and they'll muscle test your body. So your body will be able to tell whether it's true or not that says this is actually something that's been playing out in your ancestral history for four or five generations. Mm. And then, so those same patterns are playing out in our behavior. And, and it's like, I say to people all the time, it's not your fault. Like these patterns of behavior are not your fault. We, we waste so much energy saying, why can't I do that? How can I, how come I can't change? And it's, it's a moment where you just have to breathe and just remind yourself that whatever this pattern is, it wasn't created by my doing. Yeah. You think about it as a five-year-old kid, how could that mm. have possibly been your fault? Any of these things that happened prior to that, sometimes by well-meaning parents who are just trying to do the best thing by you, but all they're doing is repeating the same pattern that didn't serve them. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that happens a lot where people are meaning well, but we also create our own meaning of what they are saying. Yes. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm just going to share one of my emotional wounds that actually like led me into a lot of my body dysmorphia and things was actually... Um, I was 12 years old and I got um, my menstrual cycle started for the first time. And so my belly was a little bit swollen and I was really not sure about this whole thing. I was really embarrassed about, you know, none of my friends were going through it. Um, and I was, um, I was a gymnast at the time and um, my gymnast, uh, gymnastics coach hit me on my stomach that uh, like that day and said to me, your stomach is getting fat. Oh, wow. <laughs> you need to do something about it. And from that day, I saw myself as like bigger than everyone else. 
And that stuck with me up until the age of what, 30, 38. Yeah. So, and powerful in a negative way, right? Yeah. And, you know, and that wound now, you know, um, like I might be, you know, going into a little bit too much detail, but, you know, usually when it's that time of the month for me, um, I am really hard on my body and I, I see myself as probably three times the size as what I'm normally am. And that is the wound I uncovered with um, during my healing that my coach actually pointed out. She's like, you know, every time this time of the month, you are so hard on yourself and your body. Have you noticed that? And I was like, what are you talking about? And then we kind of put it together. Um, So that's amazing. Month after month, every month since the age of 12, I have been blowing my body out of proportion and adding to that, um, yeah, Yeah. just that belief. I don't think it's too much detail. I think there's going to be someone sitting there who's listening that that really resonates. And I think it's important for us to talk about these things. That must be exhausting every month. Truly. Well, it's it was happening subconsciously. I didn't realize, and, and this is why coaching is so good because someone can see from the outside what you are so busy living. Yeah. And she just said to me, hang on, it's happening again because, you know, with coaching, it's not just one week. You know, you usually work with the people for a couple of um, months, you know, just depending on how, how long your that coaching journey is with them. And she's like, can we just take a step back? Can I just like highlights a pattern and I was like first it hit me and I was in like you know that first shock and I was like in denial I'm like no I'm not and then she's like really and we she's like this is what I've noticed and then I'm like wow like that just like that penny just dropped and I'm like oh my gosh (laughs) yeah amazing so so as a as a coach that works with emotions what I would say then is that pattern that was created from that event by your coach, um, your gym gymnast coach, the pattern actually would have started before that. So that's just the one you consciously remember. Yes. But these patterns are, I reckon, probably 99% are formed at a really young age or their previous generation. So it yeah. may have been some something that, that has happened for previous generations of females in your family. It could have been relinked to something else that happened mm. um, but doesn't really matter. We don't have to go and find it out. We can go through a process that you talked about to be able to break the pattern and no longer have that have a hold of us and, and controlling how we operate every month. Yeah. Powerful. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I think um, we were still talking about um, cl- clearing these blocks. Um, is there anything else you wanted to say about clearing emotional blocks? Yeah. So like I said, it's, it's not your fault. The key thing to remember is it's absolutely your responsibility. No one's coming to save you except yourself. And that might be hard to hear. Ultimately, everyone else is going through their own stuff. And no matter how helpful people are, they're dealing with their own stuff at each point of growth. So I've done all these years of personal development. Do the challenges go away? No, they actually get bigger but you develop the skills to be able to deal with them in a, in a much more peaceful and calm way. So if something's going on for you, then it's really important to remember that, yes, it's not your fault, but it is your responsibility and there is help. 
So one of the things is, and I'm sure for a lot of your audience who are who are mums or uh, who are women who have who have been people who have been of service and helping people, is that often we're running around helping everyone else, and we're actually not allowing anyone else to help us. And there have been times we get stuck in this trap where we're saying, "But there's no one there helping me." And what we often do is when we pause and slow down and allow people to give to us, we actually realize they've been there. We've just been blocking them. And it's another yeah. one of those patterns, a learned pattern. So it is really about, okay, I'm going to take responsibility. I'm going to be open to someone coming and being able to help me. And that can be really difficult because you think about, again, a lot of people from our generation, this was definitely true for me, receiving a compliment, how hard that is for people and how they dismiss it. Or they just say, oh, no, it was nothing. And then the ability just to say, thank you, when someone gives you a compliment, seems really basic, but it can yeah. be really difficult, particularly <laughs> for those of us who, who love to give and love to help and spend too much time doing it. Mm. So then we just learn what I call the art of unconditional receiving, to be able to receive <laughs> without feeling like, then I have to give back to them. And sometimes oh, we just yeah. need to learn to receive. And so they're probably the key things to get you started is, is to just to realize that don't waste any more time and energy beating yourself up about it because it's not your fault. Yes, you can change it and it's your responsibility too. And then remembering that finding someone to help you is not, doesn't make you weak. It doesn't, you shouldn't say, oh, I need to, I should be better at this. I should be able to handle it on myself. No, mm. like like all of us should be able to depend on other people. I guess the other thing that comes to mind still, just as I'm, as I'm talking, is it's important not to dismiss your trauma or your pain. Yes. So this last year, a lot of people have been through circumstances. I mean, we all have, right? And what it's done, it's really shone a light on some of the things that we're not happy about. Mm. And the amount of conversations I've had, and again, particularly in the last 12 months, where people have gone, well, this has happened and this is going on and I'm dealing with this. And then they go, but other people have got it worse off than me. And it's like, well, yeah, they do. But the yeah. moment you say that, you actually dismiss your own pain. Yes. You make it seem not as bad as, as what you think it is. Mm. That's, that's, we're doing ourselves a disservice. Yeah. So, yes, other people are going through things, but we can't assume that their pain is worse than ours. Absolutely. Just because their circumstances are worse, like we don't know. Yeah. So people talk about, um, oh, I feel so bad for those people in war torn countries. Mm. Well, from everything that I've read, they actually have more resilience, more strength than any of us living in this beautiful place that, that we live in Western culture. They have dealt with it and they're carrying on. And we worry about them, and yet we're the ones who are stuck in this pattern of just dealing <laughs> with these patterns of emotional pain. So, so I really tell people what to do, but that's one that I go: stop dismissing your pain. Yeah, it's okay for you to feel, feel pain. Mm. Everyone is, and actually, just acknowledge that. Yeah, I'm going through some stuff yeah. here, and that's okay. Yeah. I love that. And it's also, you know, people often apologize when we, um, you know, during sessions or when I chat to someone firsthand yeah. and they tell me about their story, they might be tears and, and they'll apologize. And I'm like, please don't apologize for yeah. how you are feeling right now. Because again, that takes away and we just bury that back 
we bury it back and then one day it needs to explode or it's going to form in come in some form of disease or grief yes. or, you know whatever the case so don't ever apologize for how you were feeling I think is the biggest thing and yeah like you said don't dismiss it either yeah absolutely <laughs> well the moment we compare we can either look at ourselves more favorably or less favorably than what's what is the real situation the only comparison should be against ourselves and yet we live in this world when we're all looking even people I have people say to me when they come to me for help they say oh you know I look at your um at your social media and you look like you've got your shit together I'm like yeah well but that's my job is to project that but I still have my fair share of, fair share of challenges where where I'm working through stuff too and that's the thing you know like um you're not human if you're not working through stuff yeah. My stuff might not be the same as your stuff because, you know, we just in different areas of our life, but somewhere along the line, we might've had similar stuff or, you know, whatever the case. So never assume that, you know, someone else is like, is perfect either. And that they're not struggling with um, anything. Not that I'm saying people need to suffer, but we all have our little um, things that we need to work through. And that's how we, I think that's how our souls learn. We like, if we, if we, if life was easy and it, it was just like a beautiful golden road to, you know, wherever, would we really grow? I don't think so. No. And we wouldn't have the level of fulfillment that we're, we're seeking either. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So Ian, did you want to just share with us maybe just an example of how you've taken someone, you, you don't have to mention names, just through a particular emotional wound um, and how their life is different after they've worked on that, not necessarily cleared it, but um, just become aware of it and how they've um, transformed? Well, I, a couple of years ago, I asked a client like to do a testimonial and, and I said, start with where you were then talk about the work that we did and then and then how everything is now and she said to me well honestly when when i saw your post and i reached out to you i was about to kill myself and i was like wow whoa <laughs> that's insane uh, yeah. okay like i'm glad you didn't tell me that at the time because i would not have had the skills to deal with that so she tried a few different things and she was just kind of at, at the end of a tether and wasn't sure what to do so without going to too many specifics but she'd been through an experience where she'd been left on her own at a quite a young age mm. and there's been a feeling of like alone and scared and lack of security and and all of these different things which had played out in different patterns and then disconnect cause a disconnect with family with the parents specifically so these events happen again maybe not too much of an event for parents but because of the impact it had for us and it started playing out um for things like in the workplace so she'd been in and out of she was really really good at what she did but she'd been in and out of a few different um places of employment because of not being able to find a place where she really connected with people because we tend to attract more of the same. So whatever she was experiencing, she'd go to the next job and experience the same thing. And so we worked on changing that and then just gave me so much joy when she, she was really like, didn't like to put photos of herself even on social media or anything like that. She had to do a video application for this job <laughs> and 
she said it was so out of her comfort zone. She said, but it was so good. And this is the sort of job, again, without going into details, where a lot of people apply. And she was shortlisted by this video, even though she broke some of their rules, but she just said, I just trusted my instincts and went with it. And so to get her to that point where she was letting go of that trauma and then to be able to really step into more of who she really was, come out the other side, uh, new job, things in her relationship are going so much better, um, really tapping into her own uh, intuitive abilities and using that in, in her workplace. Um, yeah, re that it's... Now, I think you asked about like maybe what the processes we went through. No, that's um, no, no, just that's, just that's, a just a like just a before and after. That's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah, and they're not always that extreme. Yeah. Again, and we don't want to dismiss where anyone's up to, because whatever the pain is for people, well, actually, I've had people, um, I've had people who uh, have some uh, abilities to, like you know, I mentioned kinesiology to actually um, muscle test or to read, like from like psychic abilities. Again, depends on your depth of belief. Have said to me that I've actually got quite a long list of people who perhaps were at that point where they were at the end that I've helped, but one, they were never prepared to talk about it. Mm. And um, and then even as they've gone the healing journey, it's not something that they would talk about, but that's yeah. what they've felt for me. So I feel like it's, it's yeah, it's not uncommon. But again, it's not saying that anyone's pain is more or less than anyone else's. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing that. It's a, a beautiful story of just how um, people can, can heal. So I think the message here is don't ever lose hope. Um, and, you know, if you are struggling with emotional um, blocks, you know, reach out to Ian, um, give him a shout and see how you can actually um, work through that with him. So um, Ian, did you want to just um, share a little bit with us how you like to appreciate or celebrate your body? I um, I'm an advocate of, you know, appreciating our bodies as they are. And I ask all my guests just to share one little tip or one thing that they like to do to just connect back with the body. Um, I'll, I'll mention two, if that's okay. Yeah, so, fine. <laughs> so I'm, I'm highly sensory. So one of the most important things for me is to, to be grounding. So, so grounding is, uh, yes, from an energetic or an emotional standpoint, but also physically like everyone knows what it's like when we go to the beach and we have our um, shoes off and we're walking in the sand and even the science of the, the exchange of energy at the edge of the waves, the, the positive ions that, that, that flow out there. But there is, a, there is a, a great deal of science around the actually exchange of energy through our feet. It's a highly mm -hmm. sensitive area of our body. So just being able to do that, get back in nature and, and like really ground both, both mentally or not, but all, parts of our body mentally emotionally spiritually but also yeah physically um and the other thing is and again i'm going to have that, that bias towards the emotional side is that when my physical body is out of balance then i know my emotions my emotions are out of balance too mm. so there may be some structural things going on and, and being a, a sports person i've had my fair share of broken bones and and injuries as well i also know that the emotional part of it plays such a massive part so I, I'm a big fan of kinesiology. It's it's a way to go into specific things within your body and, and clear the emotion so that it really speeds up the healing process. Um, 
I've had used acupuncture before, which is not quite emotional, but it's a similar thing. It's clearing blocks within the body. And then I also have a number of uh, healers in my network where I, where I go and they do other different emotional work to help me to clear whatever that is. And that just has a way of allowing my body just to come back to a place where I feel more energized, where I feel more at peace within myself, like mentally and emotionally, but also physically the body actually feels lighter when you go and do that work. Yeah, yeah. And, I, I, you know, that's so true because the, our emotional layer is actually um, one layer before the energetic layer before the body. So when we have disease or pain, that's actually the emotional layer pressing down onto the, our aura. And yeah. that's how it kind of, so it always, like most things starts with emotion. So I love that you go, like, you know, you've got that intuition to, if you're feeling any pain or, you know, phys something physical, you know that you need to go and do the emotional work as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of people nowadays just try and fix the physical when we need to be looking deeper into that yeah and often looking for the you know the magic solution and unfortunately <laughs> often comes in a tablet so yeah that's just that's just a uh that's just masking the actual cause yeah definitely it masks the symptoms and not the actual yep. root cause yeah absolutely yeah. well ian i can chat to you for like days on end but i know you're busy as well so i just wanted to really thank you so much for coming on here and talking sharing your knowledge and your expertise on uh, on this subject love to you know have you back sometime we can go a little bit deeper maybe um, in a yeah. <laughs> few months time that would be amazing but did you want to just share with people where we can and, um, find out more about what you do and you know um, what you're currently working on yeah absolutely so Ian Hawkins coaching is around all of my labels so you can find me there on on Facebook Instagram uh, LinkedIn um, and, and my website ianhawkinscoaching.com um, if any of the listeners here and they're feeling like actually I need to talk to you then I'll give still my link and you can um, jump in and we can have a quick chat and see if this is something you want to pursue. Uh, what I'm working on at the moment is, so I'm actually starting a healing circle. Um, it's been one of those projects that's sort of been in the making for about two months and still working <laughs> on some tech stuff. I'm actually jumping off this call to, to, to address some of that now. Um, that'll be a, a um, something we're getting together with people and helping them as a group to, to work through some healing stuff. So obviously not going to be as specific as the coaching, but it's a, mm. a really great starting point. And then also I've got some group programs, which I'll be launching uh, in the next few weeks to months where we'll be doing a lot of the foundational work um, and yeah, getting, getting more people on that path to, to really stepping into their own power and, and getting it to where it is they want to go, or maybe even just finding out, where that might be because they're not even sure yeah absolutely well thank you i'll pop all those into the show notes but yeah thanks again for joining me today this has been an amazing discussion uh yeah as i said i just nerd out on all these things <laughs> you're welcome i think like you said before we've barely scratched the surface so we'll have to have another chat sometime <laughs> absolutely thank you so much ian welcome thanks still 
Thank you everyone for tuning into this episode. Please go and follow Ian. Uh, you'll find all the links in the show notes of this episode. Also make sure to like, share and subscribe so that more people can hear about um, especially emotional blocks, but also um, how to start heal uh, healing that emotional um, eating or binge eating or whatever you're going with your relationship with food. Thanks everyone for joining. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me today. And don't forget to share this with all your friends. You can do this by adding this to your Instagram story and tagging me at Wholesome Lifestyle Project or by simply telling them about it. If you could rate and review on whatever platform you are listening, this will go a long way in helping me get this podcast out there so that I can share my message and help as many women out there struggling with food issues as I can. Don't forget, you can follow me on Instagram at Wholesome Lifestyle Project or connect with me on LinkedIn. My name is Estelle Heath, and that's where you'll find me on LinkedIn. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.